Hey friends, before you get into this wonderful episode, just a quick heads up. This episode does contain language and or content that may not be suitable for the little ones, so please be advised. Thank you. Hello, coming to you live from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Welcome to Her Next Chapter, the podcast dedicated to sharing stories from amazing women who have reinvented their careers or lives. Could be total changes, could be side hustles. I'm Stephanie Pierce, mother of three, wife of one, former corporate exec, and now I am the founder and CEO of StephPierce.com. And I am Julie Burton, founder of Modern Well, a female-centered co-working space in Minneapolis. And I'm the author of The Self-Care Solution, A Modern Mother's Must-Have Guide to Health and Well-Being. And I'm a mother and a wife. In each episode, Julie and I will bring you these awesome stories about the power, pain, and laughs that come from change. Are you ready for your next chapter? Hi, Jules. Hello, Steph. How are you? I am good. It is cold here, it's cold. Jules. It's real cold. Yep. So mm-hmm. for those of you who aren't in Minnesota, it's like minus 11 here, which in Minnesota, usually it's like, you know, no bigs. But that first minus, those first few minus days are a little, they're, they're a little much for me. But it's good to... Uh, here slash see you. And I think we're kicking off the new year, right? We've got a great guest today on our lovely little podcast. We are so excited to welcome Dr. Rachel Allen, Rachel Allen, PhD, (laughs) right? So it's like, you know, it's like, I mean, either way, doctor, doctor, MD, PhD, like you've done the work. Okay. You put the time in. So like Dr. Rachel Allen, Dr. Um, Rachel. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of time studying. I, I just, that's a lot. So Rachel, gosh, we, I'm trying to think of, of when we met several years ago, Rachel did an event at Modern Well, and that was really a fun, a fun event we can talk about at another time later in the podcast. Dr. Rachel is um, a lot of things. Um, she is a licensed holistic psychologist for almost 20 years. And she specializes in mind-body medicine, relationships, and intimacy issues. So I I don't know exactly how Rachel feels about this, but like in terms of being labeled as as a sex therapist, right? (laughs) I mean, like, you know, I mean, I think it's kind of a sexy, it's kind of a sexy uh, label. So what she can, she can talk to us about that. She helps individuals and couples cope with their mood, life transitions and relationship challenges. She's also a certified yoga instructor and incorporates the body into her sessions and leads therapeutic mind body workshops and retreats. She recently released a book called The Pleasure is All Yours, Reclaim Your Body's Bliss and Reignite Your Passion for Life, which everybody should buy. We will put in the show notes how to purchase Rachel's book, but um, I am a proud owner. It is a fantastic book and I would recommend it for everybody. We are just 
thrilled to have Dr. Rachel here to talk with us. Rachel is a Modern Well member. We've gotten to know her throughout the Modern Well community over the last couple of years. And she's just, she's got so much wisdom about life and relationships and um, intimacy and um, the importance of it. And we're just so, we're so grateful to have you talking to us today on this very cold Minnesota morning. So welcome, Rachel. Thank you for joining us. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. That was, it's, as you kept saying that, I was like, she's still talking about me. Yeah, I guess that that is me, (laughs) but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting up there in years. So I guess that there is the bio gets maybe a little longer. (laughs) And and I didn't even read the whole thing. Okay. Like there, there, there's more, but I figured I I included a part about karaoke, which understandably, why not leave, leave that part up? Yeah. So, so Rachel, as you know, her next chapter is um, focused on women and reinvention. And I see you as somebody who is continually reinventing herself. Um, but let's let's hear from you about when you hear the word reinvention. Um, what what does it mean to you? When I first thought about it. What, what I initially felt was, well, that's maybe I really haven't been reinventing. It's more of an uncovering. I've been re- releasing barriers mm-hmm. to my true self, letting go of the blocks of my unapologetic, authentic self. So that was my initial reaction is it's, it's I'm actually just becoming more me, not changing me. But then as I, I literally went and looked up the, the definition and it, and it says that it's something has changed so much that it appears to be new. So it isn't saying that the person person is not their same self. It's just that there's aspects that appear, you know, there's a, there's a fresh quality or there's some sort of um, awakening or release or, you know, new fresh eyes. And, And that I would say, yes, I've had some incarnations of that. But so I think, thank you for, for helping me to ponder even that word. I love language as a writer. And that's what brought me to modern well is the writing class initially. And, uh, so just, I got to chew on that word. So thank you. The first event that we did for you at Modern Well was a couple years ago. Three and a half. Gosh, was it three and a half? Holy moly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. July, it was this gorgeous July evening. It was, I mean, you know, the sun was out until nine. Yes, I, I had a blast. And we had, you and I facilitated a question, anonymous question. Yes, that was the best part. That's what, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for people to put in questions about anything related to intimacy, relationships, um, pleasure, their bodies, sex, all that juicy stuff. Yes. And it was packed. It it seemed like it was kind of a packed. It was packed, Rachel. It was packed. You packed the house. People (laughs) wanted to hear from you. And um, and the the questions that people got to ask anonymously were were very interesting (laughs) and great. Mm-hmm. No, and that's, you know what, that's a format that I have loved doing. I love, I, I really enjoy public speaking, but even more so when it's part of a collective, it's more of a discussion. And this is given the sensitive nature of, of what I, you know, my area of expertise professionally, people often are going to be more raw and vulnerable and real if they can be anonymous. And so it's, it's been a great format for a lot of different events I've done where the, the anonymous question box. What are some of the biggest questions that when, when you have those kinds of forums that people, that people are curious about? 
Oh gosh. Maybe they can, they, they wouldn't do it necessarily. Like if they had, if they were called on or something, but when they can put it in a, in a box and be anonymous. I, um, sometimes it has to do with certain fantasies that they think are taboo or will be judged for, or also things they couldn't reveal. Maybe they've lost attraction or interest in their partner. And it's not something that they can bring up to their partner or, or don't want to bring up to their friends. Um, cause desire issues, that's really common. And, you know, sometimes things along the lines of being interested in somebody else or opening up the relationship or having non-monogamy. And that's something that younger generations are certainly talking about a lot more. Um, Gen Z, I think we're on Gen Z now, isn't that the youngest? I know that they're really, they are, um, much more open about not following the heteronormative model. So bless them for that. But at a lot of my events, it tends to be more people in their basically mid thirties to sixties. And it's, that's a little bit more of a taboo topic. Mm-hmm. Not to me. How, <laughs> how, how, help me understand how you got to this work, Rachel, how did you, yeah, I'm guessing this maybe isn't where you started. Yes and no. It, it's been in there all along. I think this relates to the reinvention where there's, I, I think that it took me a long time to really name it because I was afraid of the pushback or the judgment, you know, what, who am I to be talking about these issues? And, um, and quite honestly, there has been some pushback and um, judgment. My mom was, I, I don't know where she got it from, but she was really open about the reproductive body. And she had a party for me and my sister, each of us, when we first got our periods and we, you know, she brought home all those books, what's happening to my body. And so there was an openness there. And I noticed that a lot of my friends, it wasn't that way. And, and then I started uh, working in Planned Parenthood clinics, doing peer education. So a lot of times it was um, when somebody would come in to get HIV testing or other sexually transmitted infection testing. And so I think I got used to talking with people about, you know, those kind of nuanced, complicated topics. And I just, I think I wanted others to feel more free from shame, guilt, confusion, marginalization around their bodies. And something that is so natural and so human and is, is really a, a source, a life force energy source for all of us. So obviously intimacy and sex, it can be used as a weapon. We know that look at just maybe things like the me too movement as one example, but it can also be something that really can foster creativity and connection and compassion and awakening and a sense of aliveness. So that's what I'm aiming for. But yeah, to answer your question, my mom, my mom was sort of a little bit of a different mom. She wasn't really like the PTA mom. She was, <laughs> she kind of did her own thing. And, um, and then my dad, my dad was supportive, but a little more from the sidelines. But I think my work as a mind body psychologist came more from him encouraging me as an athlete and just always being in sports and, and uh, connected to the body that way. So, so when you say that you've experienced, um, like pushback and, and judgment along the way, um, say more about that, what that looked like for you and how you sort of moved through that. And, and I would also say it's not even past tense, it's happening and I'm moving through it. Like it's still a process because my book actually 
has really confronted me with my shadow as far as people's being vulnerable and putting it out there and especially this topic matter and then some people's thoughts and feelings or or even as simple as some people you know they might buy the book because they want to support me but they're certainly not going to read it because they don't want to read about that kind of stuff you know or they're not going to buy you know my dad's not going to buy a few copies for his friends because of the topic but if it was a i don't know a book about world history he would probably buy tons of copies for his friends so that those are subtle examples I would say that I was married once and I, and then, and then after that, I actually had a really long-term relationship in which I was engaged. So I was always in these long-term relationships, but in the past handful of years, since I have been a really out there naming what I do for a living and being a single woman who is really has agency over my life, my relationships, my sex life, my body, it's, I found that there can be people who make assumptions then about, about me. And, you know, it's just this history of slut shaming. We have centuries of conditioning um, that a woman isn't supposed to be sort of open and happy in her body and having agency over her body and being to be sexual and, and to not feel shame. So I'm trying to think of, if you want some other examples, it's just, just, there's just been kind of little subtle negativity there about, yeah, who am I? And, and what I'm doing. You mentioned it took you a minute to get to this place. And so I'm just wondering, like what happened that made you say, you know what, I'm, I'm dancing around kind of what I really want to do. And now I'm really going to do it. Like, what was the, because again, we have, I think we have a lot of listeners who are often in that position where they're like, I, I actually do know what I want to do. I mean, I, 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 I just, don't know how to get there. So I'm wondering, what did you do? Yeah, I think I, well, in graduate school, I had specialized in one of my subspecialties was sexual health. And, but then, and that was in San Francisco. And then as soon after I got my PhD, that's actually when I, for some reason, I think I needed to just decompress. So then I, I got involved in getting my yoga teaching certification. And so then my plan was to really integrate mind body with relationships and sexual health. But I, I felt like it was going to be bold enough just to say that I was a body psychologist or a yoga psychologist. But I knew that that would probably be more well-received than to say sex therapist. So this was 15 years ago or so. And it worked out well that I happened to move back to the Twin Cities. And that's when I really made the change in my profession saying I was mind-body yoga psychologist. And I think what happened is that it really went well. There was a craving for that. People wanted to start integrating the body in. And now we know so much more about how trauma is held in the body and how we need to do more than just rely on our, our mind to analyze. And so I think that in just seeing how that went with naming myself, and I had a lot of um, graduate students and other people in the community, we started a consultation group of people who were yoga psychotherapists and people who wanted to blend mind and body. That I think helped encourage me then to weave in that I also, I integrate it with also relationships and sexual health because, um, because it had gone well to sort of name this other more unusual, uh, untraditional part of, of psychology. And I mean, sex therapy is not unusual or new. It's, it's um, you know, it's been around a while, but it was new to the people that knew me <laughs> for, for me to say I was doing, I was doing it. 
Um, but old friends had heard me say, even back in college, I want to be Dr. Ruth and that kind of thing. So for a lot of old friends, I mean, it was certainly not a surprise. Um, and I would say for the majority of the people in my life are absolutely supportive of it. Um, it, it they may not want to talk about it that much or reveal any of their personal stuff, but they're, they are glad that I do it. So it's, it's just, there's a small fraction where I can tell where I, I make, I make some people uncomfortable. <laughs> That's okay though. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> So tell us, Rachel, um, about, about your book and how the evolution, how that came to be from obviously from your work and then, but what kind of pushed you to want to write the book and, and put it out there in that form? Oh gosh, writing a book. I had no idea really what I was getting myself into. (laughs) Um, and I'm still now with the release and marketing side of it, it's still quite a learning curve, but I, you know, I, I really believe in intergenerational influence, whether it be intergenerational trauma or intergenerational you know, gifts and capabilities and strengths. And on my mom's side of the family, I, just, I come from lineage of, of women who wrote. Uh, my mom's mom, who actually died in childbirth with my mom, she was one of the first women to have a column in a paper outside of Denver. And you know what they, they labeled her column? It was Dizzy Des Says. <laughs> Dizzy, oh like Ditsy. But um, Wow. But yeah, so it, so we have some of her old clippings and everything. So I think there's some element where it's in my blood, it's in my bones. And then I think that we also write the book that we wish that we could read or that we had read or that we needed. And so um, I just felt like there wasn't a book out there that really talked about why do we have this history of disconnecting our minds from our bodies, like the emotional body from our mind? And why do we have such a history of of not being honest and real about our bodies, our reproductive bodies and sex. And um, and I wanted it to be just an average everyday language that wasn't really scientific, but also wasn't really woo-woo and like Tantra and more just for the average person who wants to really feel more integrated in their body and, and appreciate and, and respect and love their body more. And then especially for women who also might have a hard time just receiving whether it be feeling good in their body or feeling like they um, can receive other pleasures in life, not even just sexual pleasure. So, and it's something that I've, yeah, I've had my own little bit of roller coaster with um, of, I think I grew up really connected. I, most of us as kids really are connected and intuitive with our bodies. And then a lot of times told to don't be so expressive. Don't have the big, strong emotions. Um, don't go have that second dessert, you know, all, all these ways in which we were supposed to be buttoned up and keep it in. Um, and so some of the book is really about really how do we let go of the repressive roots, um, in the United States that tell us to, to not express, even though that's exactly what we need to do to release and, and let out stress and, and trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I think as you're talking and I'm thinking about like how just looking at ourselves as like sexual beings and just evolving sort of is connected with reinvention, right. In, in, in some ways, because I feel like for women, as we go through different, you know, hormonal changes and, you know, as we, as we age and, as we're at different places in our relationship, I mean, and our relationships, like it, sort of the, the sexual piece and the intimacy and the desire, like it changes a lot. I mean, I, you know, I talk to my girlfriends 
a lot about about that and how, you know, and and those of us who have been married for a long time, you know, just just keeping that that piece alive as we're as we're, you know, we're 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 looking to reinvent ourselves in all these other ways, but it's like coming back, you know, to the body and and to the design. I think that there's something powerful there. I don't know if I'm exactly saying it the right way. I'm hoping you can you can fill in the fill in the missing words. Yeah. But it it seems to me as, as I was listening to you, I'm like, there's there's something that's connected here. Well, I think there's something really beautiful about just the ebb and flow that is natural in within our bodies every day with every breath, but also then in the longer term in, in month to month and generation to generation and decade to decade. And, you know, there's so much of, of part of what the patriarchy wants is to distract women in finding all these ways to anti-age, you know, um, reverse aging. And there's really probably nothing more natural to a human than to age. and so if we really apply that to the aging sexual body of a woman, I think it's amazing and wonderful that um, a lot of women find that they are most happy with their body and most celebrating their sexual selves later in life. It's actually um, later mid thirties into mid forties. And um, but then also it can be a time where it can be confusing because there can be perimenopause, which lasts an average of seven to eight years prior to menopause. And they, you know, for some women, it can really amp up their sex drive for some women, it can deplete it or it can go up and down. Uh, so it's sort of hard to keep up with sometimes what, what's happening. But for me, when I, if, if we apply all of this to eroticism as opposed to just sex, which is, is more of an act. But if we think about eroticism, which is more of an energy that we want to imbue, I think that that is something that it, it can happen in so many different ways. It can happen when we're in nature. It can happen when we're, you know, massaging our feet or we're in a hot tub or we're, you know, um, baking a cake or these ways in which we can have more of this sort of sensual um, energy that doesn't have to be so contingent on like the heteronormative, um, you know, um, like just what we grow up thinking sex is supposed to be like here, it's supposed to be missionary style and penetration and all, all these things that then we feel like we're not fitting in that box. Um, so I think opening up to eroticism is something available to all women across their entire lifespan and it can only get better. More and more in the book, right? Rachel, we can read more about that in the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's the, well, there's three sections. The third section is definitely a lot more about sensuality, intimacy, both, both emotional and physical and yeah, eroticism. Um, and then some things with partners. I think that when people hear the title and see the title of the book, they think the entire book is about sex, but it's really actually about embodiment and something I call bodyfulness and cultivating bodyfulness in order to have more um, of different types of pleasures in our lives and to, which is really to then foreplay for having sexual, the kind of sexual pleasure that we want. Because if we're not comfortable singing or dancing or really stopping and feeling our senses, or if we're not comfortable or ever let ourselves be playful, how can we have any of those things really in our erotic life or in our sex life, right? <laughs> if we're in our heads all the time, we can never let go. If we're always self-conscious, that doesn't make for very pleasurable physical connection or really emotional connection with others. Um, so yes, that is a lot of what the book is like a building, building blocks to get, to get to that place of, of, sensual and erotic intimacy, but you know what? It's also not saying everybody has to get there. 
it's fine to have phases where we're really not in the mood. That doesn't mean there's anything bad or wrong with us either. As long as there's maybe something else that's a life force energy for you that brings you passion, your work, your, you know, some other meaning or purpose to me, that's there's, there's almost like an erotic charge to that too, or there can be. So what, so what would you say to people who, who might be feeling stuck right now? Maybe, you know, again, not to always, you know, bring it to like the sex piece, but, but even just feeling alive and, you know, whether it's erotic or, you know, but just like, like, like you said, like just, just feeling the joy and feeling that energy. Um, I think, you know, obviously right now with COVID there's, there's a lot of people feeling pretty, pretty weighted down by just, you know, the negative forces out there, but what are some of the things that you maybe advise to some of your clients, um, people that you work with about sort of uh, being able to bring some levity and, and some joy back in to your life? Well, as a somatic psychologist, so that basically means that I really think in terms of integrating the mind and the body. Um, I think that we put so much pressure on our, on our heads, on our, on our minds to figure everything out. And that's where people get caught in storylines and all these different beliefs. And uh, so a lot of times I say, if we're stuck, really think from the body up, move your body, breathe, have anything that can get that. So that idea of motion is lotion because another rhyme here, our issues can really be stuck in our tissues. So if people are languishing and just feeling blah, I think that's usually then the last thing you want to do maybe is move your body. And and I'm not talking necessarily exercise, but just any way that you can connect to embodiment because our body is, is such a truth teller. And it also has, it's, it's such a resource to also release and let go of whether it be older traumas or just some of the more recent day-to-day stuckness. So it shifts our nervous system. It helps regulate our nervous system. It helps uh, let go of where there's some of that stuckness in our connective tissues, which is where emotional stress and trauma can reside. And the best thing about it is that different types of movement and physical release is free. We don't need a prescription. We can take it with us wherever we go. But also the body is a very, can be a vulnerable and raw place, which is sometimes why people avoid it. Um, You know, maybe deeper, darker stuff they don't want to face, or they didn't even realize was in there. You know, people might go into some movement or yoga and start bawling and have no idea why. And, and it can be intimidating. So I guess I just say that as um, just so people's expectations are such that there's nothing bad or wrong with you. If there is some sort of deeper release, in fact, that's a, that'd be a wonderful thing. If the movement does bring that out, it would probably help with some of the stuckness. Remind us again, Rachel, the name of the book. Oh, the pleasure is all yours. Reclaim your body's bliss and reignite your passion for life. It's kind of, I know, lofty title there. (laughs) But I wanted, um, because I, we will have it in the show notes, of course, but I wanted to give our listeners another chance to kind of hear you say it. If they're able to kind of do the Google search right now. You beat us to the punch with our last question, which is really around giving some thoughts and advice. What I want to say is there's, there's so many places that we could go, but um, I want to encourage our listeners to get the book, connect with um, Rachel services, because I do think this is important, uh, particularly for women who I think we, we can be a little shy in this particular area. Um, and I like the way that you're positioning it as there's, 
it's more than just sex, right? We're talking about something um, bigger and deeper. Thank you for spending time with us, sharing your perspective and insights, your engagement with Modern Well, anything you would want to share with our listeners before we sign off? Oh, wow. Gosh. Well, I would love for people just to embrace this concept of bodyfulness, which is really, I mean, when we think about reinvention, I am expanding professionally into that's my 2022 is that I'm really moving in the direction of what I'm currently calling it. The working title is the bodyfulness movement and bodyfulness is really about it's three things. It's having more embodied mindfulness. So just paying attention to our bodies. Are we, are we dissociated time traveling stuck in our heads or are we actually noticing the wisdom of our bodies? And then the next step is what do we do with that information? So this is where it goes beyond mindfulness, which is the movement and the kind of the release, maybe sighing, crying, discharge, any of those ways that we give ourselves regulation in our body. And then the really third aspect of bodyfulness is owning our right to receive, to feel good, to express to whether it be as a sexual being or just a human being, but really letting go of, of the repression or the, the shame and confusion around having big feelings or having desires or wanting intimacy or not. And so the bodyfulness movement is really, my hope is to have there be a lot more education and courses specifically for women around, um, well, for girls around menstruation and for women around menopause. So really sort of these bookends of the sexual lifespan and reproductive lifespan in which we can embrace it and enjoy it more and also um, celebrate together and have fun together in sort of the beauty and wisdom of our bodies. So I guess that's just a, that's just sort of a, a, a little footnote about where my business is going is more um, more on and some online trainings too on bodyfulness. What do you guys think when you hear that word? Does it feel like good to you? I love well, that I bodyfulness. Oh my gosh. Yes. I want to like, I could use both of that because I got a kid that's getting ready for that first bookend. And uh, we've got me that's knee deep in the last bookend. So, um, <laughs> yeah. All of the things. Thank you so much, um, Dr. Rachel. Keep us posted. Then we will keep our listeners posted on um, your offering and what's available. Um, Jules, it's always lovely to see you. Thank you to our Thank listeners. You. Happy Thank January, you. everybody. Yes. Thank, Thank you, you for having me, Rachel. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and thank you to both of you, but also Modern Well, because that's where I worked on my book proposal years Yay! ago. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thanks. Awesome. We're excited to have you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to another episode of hernextchapter.co. You can follow us on Instagram at hernext.chapter. And you can find all of our lovely, fun, fabulous podcasts on all those places where podcasts can be found. Please follow us and give us five stars. We'd be so delighted and tickled. And we hope that you are enjoying your time with us. Last but not least, hernextchapter.co. You can check us out there as well. See you next week.